Hello, and welcome to Fishman Radio. I'm your host, Sonny Rosano, and I'm joined today by Fishman Director of the General Assembly 2 Committee, Devin Duke. Devin, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, of course. So my name is Devin Duke. I'm an international studies and political science major at the University of North Florida with a minor in economics. I'm so excited to join you today. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you. So before we get into it, uh, just in order to kind of get uh, the delegates to know you a little better, I have a, I have a question for you, not related to, uh, to debt and development, but I think it's pretty good. So uh, when we were kids, we all had like dream jobs. So what was your first like dream job, what you wanted to do when you were really little? Oh my goodness. When I was really, really little, um, I was super into art. I still, you know, am involved in art and love to create and develop things. Um, and I, I really wanted to be an animator. I thought that would be so fun. So um, just have all of my passions and be able to just create things for a living would have been amazing. Um, still want to try and pursue that, but um, law school is the direction I want to go now. So Oh, that's awesome. You must have loved the uh, Imagineers documentary uh, with Disney and like their creators. I heard, I mean, that sounds like right up your alley. Oh, yeah. It, I, I've heard about that before and it sounds really amazing. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so let's get, let's get down to it. So this is the GA2 episode and we're going to be discussing two topics. The first featuring Devin will be about debt and development. And then later on, we're going to be joined by Sam Bookhart to discuss uh, crisis prevention. So, uh, Let's get started. So Devin, first of all, uh, what is the scale of the debt problem worldwide and what part of the world do you think is affected most by the uh, debt crisis? Yeah, so this question, it's very nuanced. Like the scale of the debt pr- uh, problem worldwide is is very significant. As outlined in the background guide, global indebtedness has rose from 168 trillion to 247 trillion 10 years Um, over 10 years. Furthermore, the impact of COVID-19 has seen a 3.5% retraction in the global economy, which for non-economists, it's pretty huge. Um, The global debt problem is clearly an issue for each individual country, and it raises the question on whether lending practices and global debt should be forgiven in order to promote economic development, especially in countries in Latin America. It is clear that the debt problem in Latin America will become one of the most affected regions impacted by the debt problem. Um, Since the 1980s, the global debt problem, especially within Latin America, has left a lasting and devastating outcome that truly hasn't been rectified, and delegates to the General Assembly should take that into consideration. So how specifically does debt development, uh, debt prevent development in uh, LDCs or least developed countries as compared to more developed countries? Yeah, so it it impacts development pretty significantly in least developed countries. Um, debt prevent debt prevents developments in LDCs as lenders of finance don't wish to finance a government if high levels of debt are either pre-existing or Um, there's a lot of corruption taking place. Furthermore, governments short on cash and experiencing high levels of debt are forced to reduce government spending on education, healthcare, environmental protection, and infrastructure, making it least desirable for finance lenders to want to um, develop there. Once external indebtedness reaches a certain point, it eventually impedes and prevents development through a plunging Um, the economy into a recession of sorts. For example, in Latin America, 
they experienced this in the 1980s. It's often referred to as the lost decade as economic development uh, was restricted by dictatorships that contracted enormous debts that had to be repaid. Furthermore, under high debt comes high debt service payments. These often require a considerable amount of resources, such as foreign currency reserves, in order to meet the debt service payments. High levels of indebtedness are not only bound to Latin America and have made an appearance in African countries and many Asian countries, um, even including Indonesia and Russia. These situations like often breed the infamous, infamous poverty trap it which holds very poor individuals or countries who cannot escape poverty to consume all of their resources and they have to borrow against tomorrow to meet the demands of what they need today. Um, you know, so the debt significantly impacts development in least developed countries and delegates should consider how can they combat that and uh, fix, fix that problem if they're bound to the infamous poverty trap. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, definitely the uh, that debt kind of stagnates the ability to develop just because of uh, the necessity to just get through today, as you were saying, like, you can't even think about how you want to develop in the coming years when you can't uh, balance the budget for this year. So what these governments are in a very uh, tough position. Um, so what can they do to help promote uh, development in spite of uh, high debt? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so for nations bounded by high debt, uh, but still wish to promote development and want to take steps to further improve their economic situation, countries can begin to establish debt management practices. Uh, by doing this, they are ensuring that debt loads are managed properly and that human and economic development isn't stalled due to poor fiscal decisions. Um, and governments can further improve their fiscal and economic policy to restructure their old practices in order to have a greater chance at improving development with, within the region. So this provides you know, a good faith effort to show that, you know, how they got into that high level of debt that they're trying to, you know, weed through their old mistakes and are showing a good faith effort to rectify them and show to these lenders of finance that, you know, they want to improve their situation and they want development to come back into their country and hopefully create a stable, uh, stable economy as well within the region. So it, it sounds like they're pretty lofty, uh, lofty goals and, you know, much easier said than done in a lot of these cases, but um, definitely where they need to go. So how can the United Nations kind of help assist these LDCs to manage their debt and make sure it doesn't impede their development to be able to get to those goals that you were just uh, you were just talking about? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, the United Nations already has a variety of programs and offices that are designed specifically to help LDCs manage their debt. Um, in terms of how the United Nations can further assist these LDCs, I really encourage delegates to read or skim through the United Nations Support to the Least Developed Countries, prepared by UNOHRLLS. This report gives significant guidance on what and how the UN is currently providing assistance to LDCs. And I truly encourage delegates to read this again to gain more insight on this question, as it's, it's very specific. There's a lot of ways that the UN 
can further improve their systems. Um, however, a general direction I would take this question is that, you know, the UN can either further expand these programs, provide a bigger budget to greater support these programs, um, but the UN could also focus on enhancing the current offices at a larger level to integrate the work the UN is currently doing in order to provide greater access to, um, you know, whatever the UN is currently providing. Awesome. So it, it sounds like the GA2 delegates have uh, a lot ahead of them and a lot to think about, a lot to consider, <laughs> debate, you know, put in their resolutions. So are, are there any uh, closing thoughts that you, uh, that you have or want to let the delegates know before uh, the end of this part? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, this is a very complicated issue. I really encourage delegates to read the background guide make sure that the terms that you're using are you how you have a great understanding of them read through the recommended materials and the uh what i had just men mentioned the uh, least developed countries prepared by unohr lls gain a better insight as to what the un is currently doing and how we can improve um, the structure of what the UN is doing and what the General Assembly can further recommend based off of that. Um, but I really wish the de delegates good luck in this. I have uh, high hopes and I think you guys will do amazing. Great. Well, uh, that's it for this part. Thank you for uh, joining us, Devin, on this episode of uh, Fission Radio. Take care. Thanks. Have a good day. Hello, and welcome to part two of the GA2 Fishman Radio episode. Now, I'm still your host, Sonny Rosano, but I'm joined by Sam Bookhart, author of the Crisis Prevention Background Guide. Would you like to introduce yourself, Sam? Hello, I am Sam Bookhart. I am a, I've been a member for, of Fishman for the past three years now. Uh, I attend Florida State University, and I'm a major in environmental science and policy. Awesome. All right. Well, before we get uh, into crisis prevention, just in, uh, in order to help the delegates get to know you better, uh, I have a bit of an icebreaker question for you. Uh, if you had to choose anywhere in the world to live, where would you choose? Uh, that's actually a really interesting question. Um, I've always been really, uh, so I guess, driven towards like uh, Iceland or Norway or Sweden. I'm a big fan of uh, just that kind of Nordic Icelandic environment and all of the beautiful environments there. Yeah, I agree. And their languages there, I would love to learn like a Scandinavian language. It's just, yes. I, 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 I agree. That's a, that's a great choice. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's dive right into crisis prevention then. Uh, my first question for you is, uh, what is the GA2's role in the UN's plan for crisis prevention? I think that the GA2 um, should work towards focusing on sustainable development um, in the face of crisis prevention. Um, it's important to focus on infrastructure, um, preventi preventative measures, response plans, um, taking into account gender disparities, uh, preparing disaster relief, clean energy practices, and then just in general pandemic responses as well. Yeah, and especially on that last one, the, um, the UN's crisis uh, 
prevention, like their whole framework really got tested in this past, uh, the past 20 months or so with the immersion of this, um, of this uh, pandemic. So how does the uh, COVID-19 crisis affect the UN's readiness to address other crises if and when they arise? I think the COVID-19 pandemic shows us um, how drastic and sudden the global pandemic can be. It should be a wake-up call for the UN and for the world that pandemics, economic crises, natural disasters, these are all happening and will continue to happen all across, um, all across the globe. It's important to make plans to respond and to build better infrastructure to mitigate and be prepared for these um, crises of whether they're a pandemic, economic origin, or just natural disasters. Thank you. And um, as we've seen, uh, we've seen that um, crises don't affect everyone uh, the same way. There are um, people and populations that are disproportionately affected each time. And a lot of those times, the, disparity, the disparities are gender related. So how does the UN's crisis prevention plan, uh, how do those plans factor gender disparities into the plans? The UN has uh, in recent years focused a lot on gender mainstreaming, which is a process of assessing the implications for women and men of any planned action, legislation, policy, or program at all levels and areas. Um, gender mainstreaming is an important thing um, for the UN to keep in mind as it uh, works towards passing any new policy. Uh, the UN has even gone as far as to make gender parity uh, one of its sustainable development goals for 2030. They also are incredibly involved in the Global Gender Climate Alliance or the GGCA, which provides a direct link between women's advocacy, advocacy groups and policymakers to make sure all voices are heard whenever legislation is being passed. Awesome, and that's a, that sounds like a great resource for delegates to look at, especially when they're uh, working on how to improve GA2 and the, the UN's response to crises as a whole to make sure that they're factoring in gender disparities. Um, another another um, disparity between crises are uh, LDCs, least developed countries and more developed countries. Obviously we're gonna see more um, more problems arise in LDCs because they might not be equipped or have the resources to respond to these crises in ways that uh, say um, the United Kingdom or, uh, or the United States can. So how can the UN help these LDCs maintain economic stability when stricken with a crisis? I think that's a great question, especially considering um, these economic crises or natural disasters are not um, always the fault of these lesser developed countries. It may just be the result of a recession in a developed country, such as the 2008 recession in the US that had global impacts. And um, stimulus packages, they are great short-term solutions to recessions, but it's important that the UN um, help guide these LDCs to focus on long-term solutions such as economic development programs, uh, which target those living in poverty and help to prevent future crises. 
Um, in the face of natural disasters, it's good to help nations build back sustainably. Um, take, for example, Haiti, which when they were destroyed um, in 2010 by the earthquake, the UN helped create jobs to remove debris and replant forests uh, to help mitigate future landslides or floods, helping build back not only the economy, but also the environment. Yeah, and I, th I think that you bring up a really pertinent point that um, when faced with this crisis prevention, a very, a very lofty uh, proposition to help the UN, you know, respond to these crises around the world, uh, it's very easy to focus on just one aspect of the crisis, say infrastructure or health. And oh, while those are important, it's, um, it's really important, like you were saying, to have a holistic uh, redevelopment to make sure that if this crisis does happen again or another crisis happens, that the country is adequately, adequately equipped to possibly uh, face the crisis without as much international assistance or, you know, completely on its own. But uh, thank you, Sam. Uh, do you have any uh, further thoughts or follow-ups you want to leave the delegates with? Um, as far as crisis prevention, I would just say to focus a lot on sustainable development and a lot on disaster readiness. Um, natural disasters themselves can happen suddenly and randomly, and it's important to be prepared for any scenario and always have plans in place and prevention measures to mitigate the effects of these natural disasters or pandemics or even economic crises. Yep, very well, very well put. I, uh, I thank you for, for coming on and talking to uh, the delegates. And to the delegates, I wish you very good luck in your, uh, in your research. And thank you for listening to uh, this episode. Thanks, Sam. Thank you.